Hi everybody, it's Steve Weir, Grace Point's Pastor of Arts and Communication, and I'm here to say welcome, or welcome back, to the Grace Point Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or on our YouTube channel. Feel free to check out our website for all the latest information about everything going on here at Grace Point. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step toward becoming a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. You know, our, our culture tends to value or, or tends to be more comfortable, I think, with doing over being. I mean, we see this from the point when, when we first meet someone, when you're first being introduced to someone. What's, what's one of the first questions we ask? What do you do? You know, where, where do you work? I mean, if you met someone for the first time and you asked them the question, who are you? Tell me about your being. Like, that would just be weird, right? I mean, we, I, I don't recommend that, you know, just, that's, that's just odd, you know? So we, we um, many of us, you know, measure a good day by our productivity, you know? We, we think about how many appointments we got done, how many to-dos we got checked off, and that focus can, can really lead us into a lot of stress because there's no end to the appointments. There's no end to the to-dos that we could have on our list. So if that's where our focus is entirely, we can get very stressed. And that mentality can also lead into our spiritual life. I, think about, just for a moment, your relationship with God. And I realize some of you may be new to relationship with God. You're just learning how this works. But, but really for all of us, think for a moment about what characterizes your relationship with God. I mean, how much of it is around the things that you do? I mean, think about it. I mean, you're, some of you are here in church in person, those that I'm looking at. Others are, are watching from home. That's something that you do. We read our Bibles, we pray, we serve, we, we give financially. I mean, there's a lot of things that we do. How much of your relationship with God is about just being with God? I mean, some of us don't really even have a category for that. I mean, even as I thought about this, even us as a, as a church, our mission as a church is to help more people become fully committed followers of Jesus Christ. And how do we help people do that? Well, we help them grow in worshiping, connecting, serving, and sharing. Those are all kind of doing things. They're like activities. And so if, if your life is characterized by doing more than being, if your relationship with God is characterized more by doing than being. What that can lead to is just a depletion or a, a pride. Look at all I'm doing. I want to give you permission this morning to just be with God. Actually, an exhortation to just be with God. We're, we're going to see this morning how vital that is than to feed into all that we do. If you would take a Bible and turn to John chapter 1 with me. 
We are in the series Red Letter Challenge. We started with the red letters. Again, if you're, if you're new with us and if you're, you're like, what are the red letters about? The red letters are about um, many Bibles are printed with the words of Jesus in red. And uh, last week we looked at the fact that Jesus' words are the way to life. It's vital that we listen to the voice of Jesus over and above any other voice in, in our lives. And so over the course of this series and these weeks, we're going to be talking about five, five themes. Five things that Jesus talked about more than, than anything else. And he kept coming back to these over and over again. He talked about being. He talked about forgiving serving, giving, and going. Today, we're going to talk about being. So we're going to look to do that. We're going to look at John. There are four gospel accounts of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Of the four, John is, he uses the simplest language, but he has the most profound Theology, the most profound thoughts. We, we can read a line in John and you can just chew on it for days. There's so much in it. And so John chapter one is about Jesus coming into the world. We, we actually looked at John one back in December. If you were with us, we were, we were talking about God with us, God's presence with us. And as we, we look again at John one and the first few verses here, we actually see Jesus uh, highlighting his being before his doing. So chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So this is Jesus being. Verse three, now he starts doing. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So, so what we see with Jesus is that who comes before do. Identity, what Jesus did, the things that he did flowed out of his identity, out of who he is. In, in verse four, in him was life. I mean, Jesus is life. And the life was the light of men. He gave light to men. So, so this is true for Jesus. Who comes before do? This is true for Jesus. It is true for, for us as humans. So if we go down to verse 11, it starts talking about us. Jesus came to his own, so his own creation, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 12, he gave us the right to become children of God. This is a change in our identity. This is a change in our being. This is a change in who we are. That's why when we come to faith in Christ and we, we start to become involved in pursuing God, it is not like joining a club. It's not like coming to a church and saying, hey, I want to be part of your club and I'm going to do activities here. It is a change fundamentally in our identity of who we are. We become children of God. Now, I've heard people say 
something that probably you've heard as well, that, that we're all children of God, that every human being is a child of God. And I, I understand where that thought comes from because there, there is something unique about all human beings separate from all the rest of creation. Every human being has been created in the image of God. And so that sets us apart. And in a, so in a unique way, we have a unique way of being able to relate to God. And, and that infuses a dignity into every human being. But when scripture, when, when scripture uses the term children of God, every time it uses that term, it's not talking about generically every human who's ever been created. It's talking specifically about those who have become connected to God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. So an example of that is Romans 8.16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So all of Romans 8 is, is talking about our connection to God through Christ. So, so when we see in John chapter 1, children of God, that is referring to us being reborn as a new who. You, we, we start out in life as a who. We get a lot of our identity from our human family, our family of origin. But God is inviting us to be reborn as a new who. That's, that's what we saw illustrated in baptism here earlier with, with Grace, Gracie. So baptism is not about something that we do to try to earn favor with God. Okay, there are some churches that, that teach that, that teach that you, you need to be able, you need to be baptized or you're not going to heaven or something along those, those lines. Baptism is not something we do to earn favor with God. Baptism is a picture of what has already been done and how God has, as I, as I said, we, we've died to our old self, we are being raised to new life, and we are being adopted into a family. I mean, that's, that's why I love how we do baptism, how we, we dunk backwards. I was prepping Gracie for this. This is what you can expect. You're, you're going to be out of control at that moment, and you have to fully trust the person that's holding you, that they're not going to drop you. They're going to be able to bring you back up. That's the picture of, of what God does with us. We're placing our complete trust in, in him. And, and we even see here in John 1, 13, the, the picture of how this is all about what God does, bringing us into his family. It says, we, we are born as children of God, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. Those are all the normal ways that people get born naturally, but of God. We are born of God. John's going out of his way to say, you human beings, you, you got nothing to do with this. This is all God's work. John's going to highlight this whole idea again a few chapters later in chapter 3. Some of you are familiar with Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, a religious leader. And, and Jesus said this famously to, to Nicodemus. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. This is where the, the term born again Christian comes from. Some people can't wrap their heads. Some people in our culture can't wrap their heads around what does born again Christian mean? 
and they're having the same problem that Nicodemus had because Nicodemus heard Jesus say this and he's like, what, what are you talking about? How can someone enter again into his mother and be born again? And Jesus says, this is a spiritual rebirth and only God can accomplish it. And, and Nicodemus struggled with this because as a Pharisee, his whole life was about doing things for God trying to earn God's favor, thinking that he was earning God's favor because of the things that he did. He, he didn't have a category for what it means to just let God do something in my life that changes me, transforms me. Jesus said, when you become a new who, then your do follows. Who comes before do. So how does that new who happen? Well, look again at verse 12. So all who did receive him. So Jesus came. Some, some people, most people actually did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So to those who received him, that Greek word receive has to do with receiving the authority of someone. It, it's saying, I'm, I'm going to submit myself. We talked about that last week, that Jesus is our Lord. So I'm submitting myself, Jesus, under your lordship. And then the second phrase explains the first phrase, those who received him, who believed in his name. Belief, believing, trusting in, in the scriptures throughout, from, from Old Testament to New Testament, is about more than an intellectual understanding. It's about putting your trust in God. So I, I had Daryl put a chair up here. And if we look at that chair, and if I, if I asked you the question, do you think that chair will hold you up? I mean, we, we can look at it and we could intellectually say, I think that chair will probably hold me up. I mean, based on, I mean, it, it looks pretty sturdy, metal legs, you know, it looks actually just like the chairs that you guys are sitting on. So probably it's going to hold me up. Okay, that's, that's a level of belief. I believe that chair will hold me up. That's not biblical belief. This is biblical belief. When I put all my weight on this chair and I say, man, if this chair doesn't hold me up, I'm going down. That's belief. That's what John is talking about here when he says... Let's read it again. To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, who put their trust in Jesus, in all of who he is. I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. If Jesus doesn't hold me up, I'm, I'm going down. And so that's, that is then, John says, what gives us the right to become children of God. Gives us the right. That's kind of a legal term. It's kind of like the idea of with all the privileges pertaining thereto. We, we are adopted into a new family. Some of the most inspiring stories I've, I've heard are stories of individuals who grow up in a terribly abusive family. And then are rescued from that. And brought into a new family, adopted into a new family. And when that happens, there is, there is a period of adjustment 
that sometimes lasts for years and actually sometimes never gets fully accomplished because that, that person in that first life has been so traumatized and they're brought into this new life and with, with hopefully with a loving parent, with a loving environment that is affirming to them, that is, is showing them their, their value. And it, it takes a while being in that new environment for that to really sink in, to really realize I am new. I mean, I have a new life. I have a new identity. And so being a new who leads to doing life differently. This should be exciting for some of you because some of you don't like where you came from, don't really like who you are, don't really like what you're doing. And if that's the case for you, then there is hope because Jesus is able to radically transform us to make us different by bringing us into his family. So how do we, as adopted children, adjust to being in God's family? Well, I'm glad you asked because John tells us three ways. And, and these three these three things have much more to do with our heart than our hands. They have much more to do with our being than our doing. Doing comes later, but we have to understand who we are in Christ first. The, the first thing John tells us is to believe in his name, to believe in Jesus' name. We read that in, in chapter 12, to trust as a child does with a loving father. Trust the father's, trust God the father's character, trust his provision, trust his protection, trust his presence. You're just trusting him to take care of you. I, I know this is hard for, for some of you to relate to because you did not have a good model of your, your, your earthly father. And the tendency that we have is to project what, whatever we learned and observed and experienced with our earthly father, as imperfect as they are, we tend to project that onto God the Father. And what I want to encourage you to do is to flip that around and to let what, what the Bible teaches us about who God is and his love, his kindness, his protection, let that shape your image of what a father is and then especially for those of you who are fathers, let that shape your picture of this is what I am to be because this is what God is to me. The second thing John tells us that we can do to, to adjust to being in God's family is to listen to his voice. In John 10, 3 and 4, Jesus says, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Even today, there are shepherds in, in the Middle East who shepherd herds of flocks. And I heard a story recently about a, a shepherd who happened to be a woman who lost one of her sheep out of her flock. And she looked and looked, she, she, she looked everywhere she could think of and could not find the sheep. 
And so she figured it's, it's, off, it's out there somewhere. And every time a herd, a, a shepherd would come through her area with a herd of sheep, she would, she would ask the shepherd, have you, have you found a sheep that you know doesn't belong to your flock because I'm missing one? And one day a shepherd came through with, with a flock and she shouted out to, to the shepherd leading them, hey, do you have an extra sheep? Did you find a sheep? Because I'm, I'm missing one. And when she called out, out of this herd of sheep, one of the heads popped up among all the other ones. And, and the sheep recognized its shepherd's voice. And it started making its way across through, through that herd of sheep till it got to the shepherd. And there was this reunion moment because the sheep knew it's shepherd's voice. This is why, this is why it's so vital for you and I to spend time in, in Christ's word and to spend time reading the red letters of Jesus because we need to know what he said so that we can recognize his voice when he's speaking to us in our hearts. As we do that though, we, we need to be careful Okay, I'll just give you a little warning here because reading your Bible can become doing again, right? It can become another to do, just like praying, just like fasting. I mean, if we're, if we're not careful, if we don't have the right mindset, it's easy to just do those things. And actually they can become what we would call legalistic, that we just, we do it because we're trying to earn something because we're trying to check off a to-do, trying to make God happy with us. This is why Jesus rebuked the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day because they had lost the heart and the motivation and the idea of, of being part of God's family because they were so focused on doing. And so this week, this week in our, in our devotional, as you're, as you're following along with this, we're in the week of being and what we will be reading about this week in the devotional is things like reading our Bible. That was today. We're going to be talking about fasting another day. We're going to be talking about praying. We're going to talk. There, there are things for us to do. But please understand that the heart behind doing those things is about cultivating relationship and learning who we are in, in Christ, not just performing actions. We should, we should view these practices as paths to help us learn who God is more. I mean, one, one of the practices that we'll, that we'll read about is Sabbath. And so Sabbath is all about ceasing. That's what the word means, to cease doing. And so when we cease for a Sabbath, we are saying, I'm going to stop what I do so that I can just be with God. And what we'll learn is... I don't have a lot of time to get in this this morning, but I just have to touch on this. As we learn how to just be with God, it, it teaches us how to just be with the people around us. I, a number of years ago, a friend started using the phrase around me that he wanted to be fully present with people. And that's really stuck with me. That's that's. I, I, I strive towards that. That's, I, that doesn't come naturally for me. But because, you know, sometimes I'm sitting talking with you, standing talking with people uh, or with my family, and I'm thinking about all these things that I need to do. How am I going to get all of this done? And I miss the opportunity to just, just be. We get to practice that with God first. 
and it helps us learn how to just be with one another. That's a message for another day. The third thing that John tells us that we can do to adjust to being in God's family is to rest in his security. In John 14, 20, Jesus said, in that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. I love, I love an image that Tony Evans uses for this. He says, if, if, this, if this envelope represents my life, when I trust Jesus, when I invite Christ to be the Lord of my life, Jesus comes and lives inside of me. But not only that, Jesus asks me to abide in him. So Jesus is in me. And I get to be in Jesus. Paul talks over and over and over again about being in Christ. But Jesus goes a step further than that. And he says, I am in my father. So so think about the security of where you are in, in these envelopes. You are inside of Christ who is inside of the father. That's what Jesus says. In that day, you'll know that I am in my father. You are in me. And I am in you. That's security. You can rest in that. If you have ever worried about, like, am I going to be abandoned by my family? You, you will never be abandoned by God. And nothing can get to you through, through God. Beautiful picture of what it means to be in Christ. In the weeks to come, we're going to talk about a lot of doing things. So next week, we're going to talk about forgiving, the challenge of that. The the week after that, we will talk about serving and then giving, being generous with what God has given to us and and then going with the message of Christ. But, But it all starts with being. And so if you think about your life and if you spend most or all of your time doing, then I just, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Okay, we're in a red letter challenge. I want to challenge you to shift that this week because who comes before do? So here's, here's my challenge for you is this week, just carve out five minutes to just be with God. Now, I hope, I hope you're reading, I hope you're reading, I hope you're praying, I hope you're doing all these things. This is not, that, that five minutes is not counted in your reading and your praying. And that. I'm just talking about just be, just be still and know that he is God. Just be still and say, God, here I am. I want to, I want to know you better. I want to hear from you. I want to cultivate. I want to learn. I want to cultivate the relationship. And I want to know what it's like to be a child of yours, to just be. And so I'm encouraging you to do five minutes. Now, let me just say, the more you do in your life, the more active you are, the more productivity you churn out, the more you probably need to be. So you may need more than five minutes, but let's just start with five minutes. I want to end with a testimony from someone who, who I, I look at her life and I say, she, she just embodies this so much. I just see such a connection with her heavenly father. And I asked if she would just write out her story 
and, and share it with you. She starts out and she says, uh, Oh, Abba. So Abba in, in the scripture is a, this is personal tender term for God as our father. Oh, Abba, how do I describe this amazing relationship I have with you? Where do I begin? I find peace in your love as you say, come to me, all you who are weary. That includes me. All you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. It wasn't always like this. I had an earthly father who did not love and care for me. Through my religious education, a healthy fear of God was all I knew. But one day I met the real God through his son, Jesus Christ, and my journey began. I discovered that the God I saw in creation, the God that sees all and knows all, was most interested in a relationship with me. How incredible is that? It was easy for me to nurture this newfound relationship. I really wanted to get to know him. The only way that was going to happen is if I spent time with him. This came through reading his word and prayer, much as friends do in conversation, both listening and speaking. He became my best friend, the one with whom I shared all my hurts and joys. Oh, how wonderful those times were and still are. Until one day, I don't know when exactly, I found myself confidently resting in Father God's love. Maybe it was one day while reading Hebrews 4.16, which speaks of drawing near to him with confidence. There was a visual of him on his throne. I'm a child at the throne room door. He sees me and immediately beckons me to come in. Despite the myriad of to-dos on his list, he welcomes me with open arms into his throne room and gives me his undivided attention. It's an intimate time when I'm delighted just when I'm delighting just in his being, not in his blessings. I can't think of a more marvelous place to be. How precious is his love for me? He is Abba, Daddy. That's the kind of being, that's the kind of new who that leads to a new way of doing. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a God who loves us. You are a God who longs to spend time with us, who values us, who created each one of us in your image, but uniquely. And, and you so want us to, to come to you as your child. You so want us to come out of that, that original family we were born into that was in some cases, um, a terrible mess, and in some cases was, was really good, but still imperfect. You want us to come from that into your perfect home with you as our perfect father. Lord, help us to do that, Lord, even this week as we continue in this challenge of, of thinking about the things that you spoke, Jesus, and beginning by by following your model for us, Jesus, of, of being and then doing. Lord, I know the people in this room, the people who are watching online, the people who are, are listening to my voice, I know they are doing a lot. They are busy people. They are weighed down. They are burdened. Lord, help them, help me to be before we do so that our doing 
may truly honor you and be uh, useful to you in spreading your kingdom. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you would stand with me and we will be dismissed this morning. If you have a prayer need, uh, we would love the opportunity to pray with you. Our prayer team will be available here um, as, as others are, are leaving. Jay Button is our pastor on call this week. If you have a pastoral need, he will be walking with you through that. If you came prepared to give this morning, uh, there are boxes on the doors by uh, the boxes by the door. As you leave, if you're online, you can go to giving.gracepointpa.org. Have a great week following Jesus, but have a great week just spending some time being with Jesus, enjoying, soaking in his love. See if that doesn't fuel you in a fresh new way to do the things that he has given you to do. We'll see you next Sunday.